Welcome back to Relatably Weird and our Spooked Over Spectacular. We are back with another piping hot episode for you. Um, <laughs> we apologize for the delay in getting this one out. As usual, we have had technical difficulties like you wouldn't believe. It's been insanely weird. Uh, weird does not even begin to describe it. I was beginning to think that maybe our microphones were haunted. Haunted? I was just going to go with dead. <laughs> okay, dead, haunted, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, but I think we've got something figured out at least for this week and we've got a backup plan in place for next week. So <laughs> fingers crossed we don't keep having this issue. Anyways, I'm Tiff. I'm Kate. And we are going to jump into this week's episode of Spooktober Spectacular where we talk about all things spooky and creepy and extra weird because tis the season. So Kate, what do you got for us today? Okay, so I actually gave a little bit of a teaser at the end of last week's episode. Yeah, you did. Because um, I had talked about death, like after death and the Victorians with their mummy parties. Ugh, so gross. And I said this week I was going to talk about avoiding death, but this involves baking. I like baking. You're not this baking, you won't. But I bake cakes and I decorate cakes and cookies and it's not stuff. what you think it is oh no oh. it is not it's i don't that you want to talk about risky i don't know who got this idea oh dear yeah okay so what's your tease um well uh, i guess mine kind of talks about death but we're gonna be talking about an island that is full of not your grandma's dolls not your grandma's dolls. Not your grandma's <laughs> Listen, dolls. Listen, our grandma and our aunts, great aunts, had some very creepy dolls. Oh, no. You you would think, just trust me, after you hear my topic. I won't sleep tonight. Uh, Yes, and you're also going to look back at those dolls that were owned by our grandparents and aunts and great aunts and think, wow, those were really cute. There's a reason I don't allow my daughter uh, to have like porcelain dolls. That, like they creep me out. Mm. Same. But yeah, so that's what I'm going to be talking about today is not your grandma's dolls. An island full of them. Well, Tiff, which one do you want to start with today? Um, You know, I love baking and now you have piqued my interest. So how are we going to avoid death with baking? Okay, well... You and I are not going to avoid death, but let me recount for you a tiny little fairy tale that we all heard growing up that I immediately thought of. So, do you remember the story of Hansel and Gretel? Of course. Okay, so two kids off in the woods, they leave uh, you little know, trail. Yeah, trail breadcrumbs. of breadcrumbs. And they come across the witch's house made of candy Which and sounded amazing. I as know. A kid. I mean, who wouldn't be tempted by that? Right. Like I fault them not. But her intention was to bake them, cook them, eat them, right? She was just going to make little gingerbread cookies little out ginger, of them. Little gingerbread cookies. Little well, gingerbread men. This isn't quite like that story, but in, it does involve baby baking. Oh, I don't like this already. Now, I will say the name of this ritual, this ancient ritual, I... It is in another language, 
And I did my best to find an accurate pronunciation, um, but I didn't find one that I was comfortable with that I believed in 100%. Like it just, it kept having issues translating it. Like it's an older word. So we're just so going to- this, this is a language that doesn't like exist anymore, basically. I think it's like an older version. Okay. But it really struggled to locate this word. I double-checked my spelling and everything, um, but we were struggling. So I'm not going to do that. Okay. So we're just going to call it the baby baking. <laughs> the baby the ba baking. The, well, that's okay. basically what it means. So this is an older um, Slavic tradition. Um, and the name of the ritual that I'm not going to butcher, basically, it means rebaking of a child. Rebaking? You heard that right. Rebaking. Like, is this like twice baked potatoes? Well, sort of. Oh. You're kind of on the right, on the right track. Nope. So this ritual, um, it lasted for a long time, um, and it's some records even say that it survived into the 20th century among Baltic, Ukrainian, Russian, and Siberia people, um, their cultures. Yeah. So pretty hmm. fairly recent, yeah. um, but this is an old ritual. So what is the purpose of baby baking? <laughs> I'm dying to know. Yeah. Well, so are the babies. Oh, no. And I don't mean that in a, the offensive way that it sounds, but literally this is aimed at healing and bringing health to a baby that was either born too early or maybe had an illness. So commonly it was used to treat rickets, atrophy, you know, just being too small or weak, um, a variety of gastrointestinal issues. I said that wrong. Gastrointestinal issues or even something as simple as a uh, fever that needed to break. So this kind of sounds like a old world NICU situation. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, like this is how they were going to address these illnesses and, you of, know, of babies and hopefully make the baby, you know, better. Okay. So the idea behind it is that the baby didn't get enough time in the womb. It didn't bake long enough, which oh. we still say that to women today. Okay, I see where you're headed. Now. You know, we talk mm -hmm. about bun in the oven. Bun in the oven. Yeah. So basically they wanted to create an artificial uh, baking place, like an artificial baking to take place of this baby because so, it didn't bake enough the first time. A uterus oven. Basically. <laughs> so let's go into the ritual and then okay. I'll kind of, I think the symbolism is pretty obvious, but we will touch on that too. Okay. So for this ritual, and of course there's variations, you know, with every ritual across different cultures, there's going to be some kind of variation to this ritual. But in right. general, at least two people had to be involved in the ritual. You couldn't do it by yourself, like you and the baby. It had to be baby, you, somebody else. Okay. Um, tip, it was typically women. As From what I saw, there were not men involved. It was all the ladies well, doing I mean, this. That, that tracks along with history. You know, men are pretty much hands-off whenever it comes to anything related to babies mm -hmm. so historically speaking yeah so this is like a, a ladies thing okay um so typically you might see the village witch or witch doctor how do you know she's a witch <laughs> she looks like one <laughs> she turned me into a toad i digress anyway um it could be the eldest female 
in the village, whoever is, you know, the the oldest living female at the time, she could be there. Um, Of course, the mother or even the mother-in-law was sometimes involved. So just basically Mm. like prominent women in the village, basically. And what they would do is they would make up a special dough from rye flour and water. But the water had to be collected from three different wells at sunrise. It's very specific. Yes. I don't know. I couldn't, I didn't really find, of course, I didn't have a ton of time to dig into this topic, but I didn't find what that was for. Like, why three wells? Why not two? Right. Why not four? Why three? Not sure. Well, I mean, the number three has had symbolic significant in other cultures and, yeah, you know, so I, okay. Three. Right. So you got your water, you make up your dough with your rye flour, and then you wrap your baby in the dough. (laughs) No. Yes. So you, like, tuck it in there like like a little pig in the blanket. Oh, no. Just wrap it up there. And a lot of the cultures would wrap the baby completely except for nose and mouth, which, I mean, you don't want to suffocate the baby. You're trying to save the baby. Right, but that's a little freaky. Yeah. So then you put it on, you know, those, like, shovels that they put the pizzas in the oven. Like for brick oven pizza? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. something similar to that. So you put the dough on there and you strap the baby to make sure that it doesn't, like, like roll roll off. off. (laughs) It sounds silly, but you put the baby on the shovel. Safety first. And, yes, it goes into the oven. Now. Is this a literal oven? Yes. No. But, but, big but, big but. It wasn't an actively burning oven. It's still an oven. I know. So what they would do is they would basically preheat the oven and then, I know this is not correct terminology, but turn it off so that by the time they got to the ritual, it would just be warm. Like, think of it like going into a sauna. Like, it's just That's where my mind was going was a sauna, but... I don't know. There's there's something wrong about putting a baby in an oven. Period. Right. Um. Our dad, I'm oh. assuming, just popped around the corner with a doll head. Uh. This is what it's like trying to record at Dad's house. Oh, there's a doll. There's a creepy doll. On Anyways. My head. Okay. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Oh. Anyways. Okay. So back to baby baking. Sorry for the interruptions. Um, so your oven, baby goes in, it's just warm. It is not actively burning at the time. Still Still strange. Now, during the ritual, of course, with most rituals, there are words being chanted or whispered or whatever. Um, and sometimes, typically, there was an actual dialogue that would happen. And this is what it would how it would kind of go. So is this like dialogue is in like a call and response. Yeah. Okay. So like a call and response. So you've got the one woman inside the house with a baby. This is why you need two people. Yes. Okay. The second lady would open the door to the home and would call into the mother and ask what she was doing. At this point, the mother would say she was baking a loaf of bread. The first I'm sorry, the other woman, the one at the door, would then reply, well, bake, bake, but don't overbake. Bake, bake. Bake, bake, but don't overbake. 
Think of it like a rhythmic right, right. Bait, chant. Bait, but don't over bake. Okay, yeah, we can make that happen. Yeah. So when the mother is saying she's baking a loaf of bread, she's sliding the baby into the oven. <laughs> the other lady says, hey, don't overbake the baby. And she closes the door. When the door closes, the baby is removed from the oven. So that's the dialogue. Okay. Hey, what are you doing? I'm baking a loaf of bread. We'll bake, bake, but don't overbake. And then the baby would be removed. So the baby's only in there for a few seconds. Not even long. Right. But then they repeated this three <clears throat> times. Okay. So again, the symbolism of number three. three. Mm-hmm. Now, I was reading with one historian. Um, they said the rhythm of that dialogue was kind of in place to ensure that the baby didn't stay in long enough or too long. Right. And choke on the smoke. Because remember, like, nose and mouth are open. Right. But you're still putting them to a, a oven that has been extinguished. There's still going to be smoke in there. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I mean, you and I both are allergic to smoke. Right. And I know that feeling, it because it does feel like your throat and everything is just kind of closing off and, like, you can't catch your breath. So Yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense. So this... This whole dialogue, the whole point was to keep the baby safe. It was like a safety net. Okay. Now, sometimes, and I didn't get a good feel for which cultures did this or what circumstances this was done under, but after the process of rebaking your child, um, there was a tradition that included, quote, selling, unquote, the child. Selling? Selling the child. So when the baking was done, your local village witch would come and offer to throw away the illness of the child, to which the mother was expected to respond, I, sure. I cannot throw out the illness without throwing out the child. So then the witch would say, well, I will purchase your child to throw out the illness. Now, I didn't, there were not a lot of details with this section of the ritual, so I don't quite right. grasp the point of it. But the witch purchases the baby from the family, takes the baby to her home, baby spends the night with the local witch, and in the morning, she returns it to the family. And that was supposed to, she was supposed to somehow, because the baby was her, she could cast it off. I don't know. I didn't get a good feel for this portion of the ritual. Right. But that was sometimes included along with the rebaking of a baby. Maybe it was just to give the parents like a night off. I mean, that's pretty stressful. You just stuck your baby in an oven three times. I'd need a nap. Right. I would definitely need a nap. I mean, just saying, I'm just trying to understand here. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, the oven was often seen as a symbol for the womb. It right. was creating an artificial womb. Sometimes it would represent the other world. So between life and death. Right. Um, so when you place the baby in the stove, it represents a temporary death. So you've got this temporary death. And when you remove the baby, it is being reborn. So basically, like, please play again. <laughs> like I was thinking more like baptism in the Christian religion. I did see a couple articles that referenced that symbolism, kind of that because new... they talk about, especially in the in the Baptist denominations, because they even say 
mm-hmm. buried in Christ whenever they they dunk you under the water. Yes. Risen back to life. So I can get I I can track on that symbolism. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it totally makes sense. Um so I found this interesting sometimes for extra symbolism to really like put to death this bad start to a life Mm -hmm. they would take the garments of the baby rip it not the baby they would take the garment (laughs) thank you for clarifying rip the garment and then burn said ripped garment okay i can i can get on board with that symbolism which they used to do in that culture for their deceased and i think other cultures have done something very similar okay but that to really drive home like we're putting to death this first try at life, and we right. are rebirthing this child. We're, we're trying again. We're trying again. Fresh starts all around. And why dough? <laughs> why, why dough? dough? Why dough, out. Caitlin? Why the dough? <laughs> I, I feel like this one's super obvious, but as the dough rises, the baby rises. Oh, okay. Yeah. So as the dough rose, or the body would also rise and become this healthy you know, got it. Stronger, healthier baby. Mm-hmm. Second chance in life. So, obviously, like, did this work? Uh, most reports said no. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of science behind it. It's yeah. more ritualistic, symbolic. Yeah, and oftentimes. But, but I mean, I guess you could kind of think of too, like, I mean, surely it had to work in some cases, otherwise they wouldn't have kept doing exactly. it. Exactly. But you think of like, Whenever they're trying out, like, medicines and stuff. Like, there's always mm-hmm. a placebo group that thinks that they're getting the medication, the trial right. medication. And sometimes the people that are getting the trial placebo, they experience the same healing effects as the ones that get the actual medications. Yeah. So, I'm sure that maybe there was some, I don't know, mental connection that... Yeah, because it's truly just chance. Like, sometimes you have babies that are born small or sickly, and then they just come around in their own time. True. Um, So a lot of the historians that, you know, studied and, you know, put out reports, you know, they they agreed, hey, a lot of times this didn't work, and a lot of times it actually caused more harm to the child, which ended up in the child dying anyways. Mm. So, baking, are you still a fan? Um, I am going to go home and bake a cake tonight, so, but, but not baking a baby. Okay, well, you're not allowed to take my child home tonight, so they that's both have I, to stay here. That's what I said. I'm not <laughs> baking any babies tonight. I'm baking an actual cake tonight. So, yeah. So, you can allegedly avoid death by just rebaking your baby. And that's what I got this week. Wow. Yeah. So, so enough about baking. Yes, uh, done with the baking. What have you got for me? I have got not your grandma's dolls. Yep, I was hoping you'd change your subject no, mid-podcast. but No, especially after our little visitor that we just had. Oh my gosh. Um, which, uh, oddly enough, would fit right in with this island of what I'm calling not your mama's dolls. I'm just, hoping it's, dolls. I'm just hoping it's not what I think it is. So let's just... Dive right in. Okay, so this island, and it is called the Island of Dolls, or Isla de las Muñecas. Yeah, we're off to a great start with that name. Right. Like, that's creepy in and of itself, and I would never want to go there. Um, And this, so this island can be found in Xochimilco. Xochimilco. 
I've practiced this like a million times. By we the way. always do. Zochimilko, um, or in the Zochimilko canals. Okay. Um, which is about 28 kilometers south of Mexico City. Okay, I was like, I'm gonna need something a little more. Right. I was getting there. <laughs> okay, track it. <laughs> um, and so this little island, it's actually a man-made island called a Chinampa, which is a small rectangular area of fertile, arable land on which to grow crops. Okay. And um, they built these on shallow lake beds in the Valley of Mexico. Okay. Okay. So it's this little, like, man-made island. It's not very big. Um, I didn't I didn't see anywhere where it gave the dimensions of the island, but it's not it's not huge. I say so far not threatening. Just a tiny little island just growing some crops, right? Um, well, so it got its it wasn't always called the island of dolls. It wasn't until the nineteen fifties after after dolls started showing up on this island that it was named. Of course. Okay. So the island was originally owned by Don Julian Santera Barrera, who is a native of um, Xochimilco, which is a borough of Mexico City. And Don Julian left his wife and his family sometime in the mid-20th century. We don't have an exact date, um, but he left his family to sequester himself on this island. Like he said, peace out. I'm going to go live on this island, take care of it. I mean, I get that most right. days. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Some days I just want to peace out too. And he, the reasons why he left to go sequester himself on this island are kind of hazy. Like there's no real clear answer on that mm. that I could find anyways. Um, but he left and it became apparent over the following years that Maybe it was because he just was not in his right mind. Oh, gotcha. you know. So, um, according to the legend about this island, um, and this is while Don Julian lived there, okay? Um, allegedly, a young girl drowned. Um, she was entangled among the lilies of that canal. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was super tragic beginning to the story. And I'm sad to say it doesn't get any better. Great. I know. Um, So her body was found by Don Julian um, on the banks of the island that he was taking care of. And he, he was not able to save her. Like he, you know, tried to revive her, tried to save her, couldn't do it. And this haunted him for the rest of his life. I mean. And whenever I say haunted. I get it. Right. It just totally just wrecked his world. Um. And as if it wasn't bad enough discovering her body and not being able to save her, shortly after discovering her, a doll floated down the canal and washed up on the shores of the island. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No. Which I'm already out. I know. And he he um, assumed that it was that the doll belonged to the girl. Right. Because he claimed to have heard the girl crying out. I want my doll. Oh, God. That's no. So naturally he was terrified as any person would be, I would think. I know I would, I would need a change of underwear if I was Don Julian. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, but he took the doll and he hung it up on a tree as a sign of respect to the little girl spirit. 
So I can, I can respect that. He was trying to be respectful of her spirit. You know, hey, here you go. Here's your doll. It's right here. Good intentions. Good intentions. Well, after that, he said that every time that he went outside, he found another doll. Oh, God. And he would take that doll and he would hang it up on the island somewhere in a tree um, or wherever he could hang it. Um, <clears throat> and this was all in an attempt to appease her spirit. And he continued to do this for 50 years. Now, not all of the dolls washed up on shore. Some of them were brought by locals who were also trying to pay their respects to this little girl's spirit or trying to appease her spirit. Okay, that's kind of sweet. Um, some people would give dolls to Don Julian to to put on the island, to hang up on the island. Um, I have a question. I'm sorry, follow-up question. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wasn't the whole point of him going to this island to be sequestered away from people? Right, but I mean... It's like, what happened? But literally, like, there's nothing on the island. Yeah. Like, so he had to go, like, in back into town... To right. go get supplies, to go get food, to get, you know. I was just curious what started bringing people to the island. But I guess if he's going out. Well, and there's other little, there's other little islands. So people are out and about. You okay. Know what I mean, like, and they knew. They just knew seems this. so weird. But well, I get it now. I get it. And word gets around too. So people then show up to show their respects. Fair enough. And I was just confused for a think hot of minute. It, think of it as like, I don't know, a funeral home island. Okay, people that's show up, worse. Show up and pay their respects. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, I regret asking my follow-up question, <laughs> so please carry on. Um, but yeah, so, so he continued to do this, like collect all these dolls. Um, in fact, if he did go into town, matter of fact, um, he was known to pick up a doll to bring back to the island. Oh, so imagine fifty years. Of collecting dolls and hanging them up in trees. Oh my god. Like, this island is just covered in dolls. Like, it's insane. Um, and kind of, just to kind of wrap up the, the legend part of it, and then I, there's some other things I kind of want to dive into. This, as if this whole story, this whole legend about the little girl drowning and Don Julian not being able to save her and trying to appease her spirit wasn't eerie enough. In 2001, Don Julian passed away and his body was discovered, um, drowned in the canal in the same spot where he allegedly found the girl. I'm not asking any more follow-up questions. (laughs) I've learned my lesson. Well, And this may actually answer the follow-up question that you probably have in your head. Um, Yes, the locals say that it was probably her spirit that drowned him. Oh, yeah. No, that was not my follow-up question. Well, anyways, that's... Still tragic. Still totally tragic. It's such such a bizarre circumstances that he would drown in the same spot where he allegedly found the girl. And I don't know. But anyways, they still say that the girl spirit haunts the island to this day. And now they also think that Don Julian's spirit haunts the island to this day. Which would make sense, right? See, well, because I was thinking, like, if he was out of his mind, maybe this was like a 
unaliving, a self-unaliving situation. It may have been. I don't out know. Out of, like, guilt right. or... what, Which that Sheer madness. would lead to a haunting. Uh-huh. That's where my brain went, but I don't know. Right. Well, in any kind of traumatic... Yeah. You know, you, you tend to hear of residual hauntings post-traumatic events. Well, and we talked about violent deaths last week, so... Exactly. Um... But yes. All right. So I told you that that 50 years worth of collecting dolls. That's a lot of dolls, right? Right. Well, these hundreds of dolls that cover the island, these are not your cutesy dolls with pretty dresses and little rosy cheeks. Like I said, not your grandma's dolls. Oh, God. These dolls are dirty. Like, and whenever I say dirty, I mean, like, they look like they were... Buried in the dirt and then uncovered. Well, I mean, if you're out there just exposed to the elements. Exactly. Um, They're dirty. Some of them have, (laughs) there's no other way to put this, severed limbs. Oh, Lord. Decapitated heads. Some of them are decapitated heads. uh, Busted faces. Decaying clothes. Decaying bodies. um, And just like blank eyes. Like, oh, God. Like just no eyes. That's the worst. It's it's so like the pictures the pictures alone give me the heebie jeebies. And it's it's I don't know, it's just crazy. And not only are they terrifying like at night, they're just as terrifying during the day. Well, I'm sure. In fact, honestly, I almost think that it's creepier during the day because, like, you can see, see all, all of, of them. Because, <gasps> oh. like, as you're, like, floating up to this island, there's dolls in plain sight. Like, they're literally everywhere. No, I'm out. Because, um, like, they're hanging on, like, not just from trees, but, like, because uh, there are a couple of buildings that are on the island. I'll get to that in a second. But... So they're they're lining the walls of these buildings inside Ugh. and out. They're just laying about. They're hanging from posts. I mean, literally everywhere you look, dolls. No, uh, it's it's terrible. And these dolls, according to the legend, are possessed by the spirit of a little girl. Uh, in fact, tourists have even claimed that the dolls move their arms, their heads, open and close their eyes. Um, mm. And even make sounds. Okay, this is uh, not an explicit podcast, so I cannot say the words <laughs> I want to say right now. Um, but no, big stuff, fat no. Stuff of nightmares, right? I will be sequestering myself anywhere but that island. Mm. They even say that sometimes it sounds like the dolls are like whispering to each other. Oh god, I just have like goosebumps. Oh no, I know. I know. Um, and like I said, in addition to the hundreds of dolls, there are a couple of buildings on the island. Um, one of them being a small museum that has been uh, implemented, mm-hmm. um, that has articles from like local newspapers that kind of tells the story, both of the island and of Don Julian. Um, there's apparently a store I don't know if that's like a gift shop. I couldn't find anything on the store other than there's a store. 
for what is it sage there's not enough sage on this planet for this island no no there's not enough sage that you can that you can burn to to cleanse this island i don't know but it says that there's a store i'm i'm assuming it's like a little gift store if it's a touristy type thing now because i mean that sounds so bad I know. Like you're likely to take home something haunted. Uh-uh. Not doing it. I'm not taking anything home with me. Is it too late to tap out of this podcast episode? <laughs> no. No. It, you cannot tap out. Oh. All right. So there's also... So this building has like three rooms in it. One of them being a bedroom. Um, and it's in that room that you can actually see the first doll that Julian... That Julian... Julian collected... Um, Along with another doll that was said to be his favorite. Like, couldn't find anything ex- that explained why it was his favorite. But he claimed it was his favorite. And it has a name. Oh, God, no. And it's... The name of this doll is Augustinita. 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 And it's... There's basically, like, this little, like, shrine for Augustinita. Okay. <laughs> and you know how parents say, like... Don't name it because then you'll have to keep it. Like yep. this gives bad vibes. Oh, I know it's it's terrible. Um, but yeah, so there's practically like a shrine built around this this Augustinita doll, and so being a touristy type attraction now, some of the visitors that come will actually place kind of like offerings around the dolls um, in exchange for miracles, blessings. And some of them even like, I don't know, they do, they change like the, the clothes of the dolls. Oh God, no. It's like, almost like a form of worship is like what one site said. I don't understand it. I guess if it goes along with trying to appease the spirits. Right. Like take care of the spirits. Uh, And I know that that's, there are some cultures that it's. I wish I could remember the name of the culture, but they actually like preserve their dead. Yeah. And they actually go and they visit them every year and they like essentially like wash their dead, change their clothes. Like, so I'm thinking maybe it's kind of along that same lines of caring for the spirits, um, showing a deep respect for the spirits, but that's what they do. Hmm. They bring gifts. They, um, in fact, there was one, there was one show that I was watching about the, this island, and the guy was like, "Hey, come with me. I want to take and place some flowers." I think it was at August Augustinita's shrine, as kind of a "Hey, thanks for letting us be here." Maybe, maybe the original <laughs> doll. Going back to my his death. And my whole question's there. Maybe the original doll got, like, really jealous of the Augusta doll. Augustinita, Augustinita, and... Hey, maybe. I don't know. Sorry, this is just... Okay, so I mentioned earlier that, you know, this has become a very popular touristy island now. Right. Um, It gained some popularity as a tourist attraction over the years because it's been featured on several TV shows. So, like, outside of just the locals knowing about it, the word has kind of gotten out through, I think the History Channel has done a show on it, Discovery. Oh, wow. um, Several different channels have have 
done little clips on it. My personal favorite is the Ghost Adventures. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I could not take the Ghost Adventures serious. Like when they first came on the scene. Um, but I have come to adore them. They're, <laughs> they cracked me up. See, I like the Aaron. earlier episodes. <sighs> like, once Zach started going off on his, uh, whatever he's doing now. <laughs> okay, but let's be honest. Aaron is our favorite. He is. I love Aaron. Love him to pieces. Um, but yeah, so they actually did a whole episode on doll on this island of dolls oh, God. and so their whole thing is they go they visit these haunted places they stake out for the night they try to get in touch with the spirits and this is any place that they go like not just this island they use different tools for ghost hunting 20 bucks said aaron got left alone in the room with the shrine <laughs> <laughs> um you know they actually they didn't highlight that um, but yeah, typically he does get left alone in places. Aaron, go stay here. Poor Aaron. Anyways, um, their visit to the island did produce a fair bit of evidence that seems to validate the legend that, oh, that the dolls are haunted or that the island's haunted. Who saw that coming? Shocker, <laughs> I know. Um, so just some of the things that happened while they were there. When they arrive, so right off the bat, because usually they go kind of like explore, yeah, before they actually stake out overnight. Um, well, no, sorry, they they ended up they did get there at night. Um, when they got there, they hear noises in an area where there's like a little fire pit. (laughs) No, shortly after hearing those noises, all of a sudden there's a fire. False. No. In that pit. And I'm not talking like smoldering embers or like a little tiny candle flame. Like, no, this was like a fire, like a little campfire. I mean, not a huge bonfire by any means, but a fire. My butt would be on that boat so fast. (laughs) I'd be off of that island. Um, And they said that there's no way... Like, there was nobody else on that island other than the Ghost Adventure crew that could have started that fire. I'm out. Mm-mm. So, that was a little suspicious. Um, they did hear they did hear the dolls laughing. Oh, God. I have so... Oh, God. Um, in fact, it was when... So, they actually they took some haunted doll with them. The doll's name was Harold. I don't... I like, took she, it to the island? Yes, took it to the oh, island. Oh, why? Um, yeah. So, they took they took Harold, this haunted doll, to the island with them. And as they were bringing... They were inside, like, the museum area. And they were getting ready to bring Harold out. And whenever they did, all of a sudden they heard some cats fighting outside. Oh, God. And then one of the dolls on the wall started laughing. Oh, God. I can't. I... I'm sorry. I'm having a moment over here. <laughs> and they... So they went over, of course, because any good ghost hunter tries to debunk... Right, right. ...what right. happened. Uh, because there's lots of things that can cause things to go bump in the night. I just have such <laughs> bad goosebumps. Right? I know. And... So they go over to try to debunk it. So they they finally figure out, you know, which doll it came from. 
and they're trying to debunk it, but there, and there are wires like sticking out of the back of the doll. Like they're like, it used to be like it, it had a, like an electronic a box or ew, something. Ew, ew. You know what I'm talking about though, right? Yeah. But it wasn't hooked up to anything. Why was it laughing? I don't. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to the Elmo doll incident last week. <laughs> Would you like to explain quickly about okay. the Elmo doll? My son was gifted a Tickle Me Elmo, and he t- does not care for it. So it's just been laying, um, not in the toy box, Just it's just been laying on top of like this old trunk that our mom had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was home alone for the very first time in a long time. Like, dad was not home. The kids were not home. It was just me and the dog. And I woke up to laughter. And I look at my phone. It is 3.20. I think dad's messing with me. I check my phone. He's still on his way home from work. It is just <laughs> me and this doll that is laughing. I I waited for dad to get home. And she texted me that she was going to crap her pants. I did. I was like, I just need somebody to know that I'm about to die. And this is why. I took the batteries out of that sucker so fast. Like... <laughs> It had not fallen over. There wasn't anything on it. Like, I literally, no, 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 Yeah. big fat no rope, no. Yeah, so as I was putting this together, like, I knew that you were going to immediately think of Elmo. It was the most terrifying thing to wake Mm -hmm. up to. Like, I was in a dead sleep, and I hear, hee-hee-hee-hee, and I was like, no, no. (laughs) Can we get a little beep feature for this episode? Oh, we need one, I know. Um. Especially talking about all these creepy dolls. Because that's a common thing, too. It's like people talking about, like, the, uh, oh, was it Furbies? Oh, my gosh. Do not speak that evil in this house. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yes. Like, that was a common, like, that they had a mind of their own and they did their own thing. And they, they're mortifying. They are. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Back to the laughing dolls on the wall. Or not. Or not. We could so just... that happened. We'll just say that happened. <gasps> and, of course, you know, Aaron did his typical surprise face and freaking out. And they all started freaking out. Um, so while they were there, they also saw apparitions. Um, like, there was, like, this weird, like, rectangular mass that, like, shot out from something in Don Julian's hut. Oh, that's weird. At the same time, there was, like, a little light up above that was, like, it was almost like it was flashing, but there was nothing that was emitting light. Weird. It was really weird. Um, They did capture some EVPs, which are voices through um, one of the tools that they use. Um, And the most, one of the more disturbing ones for me, which I know... Beyond, more disturbing oh, beyond the, the laughing dolls. So I told you about Harold, mm-hmm. the haunted doll that they brought to the island. Well, they had set it up on the shrine and put a couple of dolls up next to it or whatever. And they put a thermal imaging camera on there. So if you don't know, a thermal in- imaging camera detects fluctuations in heat temperatures. And... You know, if you if you point it at somebody that's that's a human, that's alive, or an animal that's alive, it typically reads that, hey, this is a warm entity. It's emitting heat. Mm, hate that. Inanimate ob- objects, like a table, a chair, uh, 
things that are not alive. Allegedly. Allegedly. Show that they're emitting nothing. Like, no heat. Like, they're cooler temperatures. So, they set Harold up on this little shrine area and turned this thermal camera on him. And all of a sudden, it started capturing a warmer temperature change underneath of Harold um, as if it were a living being. Mm-mm. Or that it was emitting some type of heat. Like, there's no reason that it should have been emitting heat. So, I don't know. It, it, like I said, the evidence that they collected while they were there, it kind of validates what the locals say about it being haunted. Um, Uh, I am all noped out for this episode. (laughs) If you want to go there, Caitlin. No. No, I don't. I do you not. You can. Mm, it's nope. not particularly easy to get there, though. Um, you actually have to take, like, a little ferry boat. Um, and it kind of reminded me of a combination of, like, the little boats that we could take, like, in the Philippines. Yeah. And the jeepneys in the Philippines. Because they're these cute little boats that, like, are super decorated up. Kind of like the jeepneys were super mm-hmm, decorated. Mm-hmm. Painted bright colors. Because that makes it better, I guess. I don't know. Um, but these these fairies take you through the canals. And none of them actually advertise, Hey, I'll take you to the island of dolls. You have to explicitly ask. And basically, like, convince somebody to take you. I would not want to be sailing around. No. Yeah. Heck no. And, and, it's not like a quick little trip either. You get, like, an hour and a half or so, maybe two hours. No. Mm-mm. mm Because that's how long it takes to get from where the fairies are at to the island. Um, so you got time to, like, meditate on what you're about to experience. So, yeah. Not your mama's, you're not your grandma's dolls. I cannot, uh, protest, uh, this episode enough. <laughs> and what? I think it should just be called The Nope. The Great Nope. The Great Nope. The Great Nope. I Nope. I feel like I was uh, sharing about fluffy little 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 cotton balls in comparison to little little. Oh God! I I can't even get my words straight. So this episode, this episode, this topic for me turned like it was way darker than I thought. Do you want to spend the night tonight? Because there's no way I'm sleeping. I I just (laughs) say I'm. It's just me and the dogs tonight. That's why I offered. I might be staying up baking tonight, like I said. Thinking about the babies. Thinking about the babies. <laughs> Except for I would be making actual cakes. I just... Oh. So I take it that uh, Island of the Dolls is not on our road trip list. Absolutely not. You can go by yourself. <laughs> you can just... Mm. Okay. Well. No. I guess that does it for this this week's episode of Spooktober Spectacular. Yes, please put me out of my misery. Are we, are we officially spooked out for the night? I don't. I just... Tiffany, I can't even. I know. You have to watch the... You'll have to watch the Ghost Hunters episode with me. Um, Or I won't. Abby watched it with me. No. Yes. Okay, but it'll be great. We'll we'll pop some popcorn 
And we're going to watch that sucker in the middle of the day on the Lord's Day Sunday. Because that's going to make it better. I don't know. I'm just desperate. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> so I think that's all that we've got for this week's episode. God, I hope so. <laughs> We are. We still have a couple more weeks of Spooktober Spectacular, so hang in there. Um, we will have a couple more episodes for you guys. Again, we're trying to get them out every week. Um, best we can if we don't have any more technical issues, which gosh, is par for the course for us. I, would it be? Would it be an episode without technical issues? Absolutely not. Um. So yeah. Uh, don't forget to check out our merch store. Uh, we have our new merch available. Um, with our new logo, and um, let's see, am I forgetting anything, Kate? Yeah, our uh, spooky playlist, mm. if you need to get pumped up for that's right, um, spooky season. It's pretty fun. Because, I mean, Halloween's just a couple of weeks away. It has my personal favorite Halloween song on there. Kudos to anybody who can guess it. Yeah, I would say, and it's got a, it's, oh gosh, what did I say? It was like a five-hour playlist. Uh, something like that it's something crazy yeah. i mean it's it'll get you through spooky season for sure so go take a listen to our spooky season playlist check out our merch um your you can find the podcast on multiple platforms so share it with a friend and i guess we will see you all back here next week for another spook tobler spectacular episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right Bye. Bye.